Vartan and welcome to Talking Vartan, the Knights and Daughters of Vartan podcast. I'm Osped David Medzorian of Ararat Talij Number no. One in Boston. It's been a little while since we've been together for a podcast, but I'm very glad to be back again with you. When I'm not producing the Talking Vartan podcast, I am in fact a videographer, photographer, and sound engineer. And literally from the first week of May through the third week of June, I'm filming, photographing, and otherwise recording scores of end-of-year events, including musical performances, charity fundraisers, and more than 60 high school and college commencements. Although I enjoy each event very much, they do preclude me from doing just about anything else, including, unfortunately, this podcast. But they are over for this year, which means the Talking Vartan podcast can continue. And just in the nick of time, too, because on July the 11th, the annual Grand Convocation of the Knights and Daughters of Vartan will get underway in Las Vegas, bringing together knights and daughters from across the country. The convocation is being hosted by Yeprad Talij No. 9 and Alitz Otyag No. 8 in Fresno, California. We'll get a behind-the-scenes look at what goes into planning and executing an event on a grand scale such as this, and it's quite a task, too. We'll get a rundown on what you can expect to see and do if you are attending. And hopefully, those of you who will not be in Las Vegas this month will make plans to attend in 2020. Our guide to this year's Grand Convocation is someone many of you know. He is Nachkin Spadabed Stephen Adams from Yeprad Talij No. 9 in Fresno. Nachkin Spadabed Adams is expected to have a rather substantial change in title in the very near future. He is expected to be elected the next Avak Spadabed, or Grand Commander of the Knights of Vartan, succeeding Dr. Gary Zamanikian of Michigan. In my conversation with him, I asked Nachkin Spadabed Adams how he was introduced to the Knights of Vartan and what it was about our organization that inspired him to stay. I joined when I was fairly young. I think I was probably about 28 years old. The basic reason was because I had friends uh, who were already in, uh, who were about my age, and they came in because their fathers were members. My father wasn't a member at the time, although he is now, and it was because of their interests, and I had belonged to other organizations and just felt uh, that maybe it was time to join an Armenian organization. I was always very active in the church uh, and, and still serve the church, so joining the Knights of Our Time was just a natural extension of that work. And for those who do not know where you are from specifically, you are currently in California. Have you always been in a Californian? Fresno, California, yes. St. Paul Armenian Church. Okay. When you joined the Knights of Vartan, what were some of the things that you hoped you would get from the organization? And also, what did you feel you could contribute to it? I think the, the thing I felt initially was just the sense of brotherhood. Being a younger member that joined, there were some members that were my age, but there were quite a few that were a little bit older. And I, I knew a lot of the people. That was the interesting thing when I, when I get, got into the lodge. And all of a sudden I look around and realize, oh, well, I know all these people because uh, I see them at church. I see them in our community all the time. So I, I think it was just a sense of brotherhood that first kind of grabbed me. And then from there... When I saw some of the projects that the Knights of Vartan were working on and what they were trying to instill in their members, which is what I still believe in today, is that to be a good Knights of Vartan member, you need to be a good active member in the community. You know, I've said many times that if the only thing you ever did was go to a Knights of Vartan meeting, you weren't a good member because 
to be a member of the Knights of Our Time means you're active in, in, in the community and you're helping in the community and you're working in the community. And I think that's one of the things that, that uh, caught me when, uh, when I first joined is that the work that we need to do, not just in the Knights, but in the, in the community in general. And not even specifically in the Armenian community, because a number of our members from and Knights and Daughters from across the country are involved in all aspects of their community's existence, from education to medicine to being involved in local politics. So it's that in, that sense of involvement that was one of the reasons that you decided to join. You mentioned projects. Any specific projects that you yourself have been involved in as uh, a spot bed or as an asbed before that that uh, really touched you and moved you and that uh, perhaps even are continuing today? Well, there's two levels of projects that we work on um, that I've seen locally, and that is projects within our community, whether it's helping out at our local Armenian school, uh, helping out our churches, helping out on our April 24th commemorations. So we have a lot of those locally that we help out on. And when I say help, help and support, and, and sometimes help becomes is your hands working and, and getting out there, and sometimes it's financially supporting too. And the projects that we see in Armenia through the Armenian Schools Project uh, has been doing a, a tremendous amount of work just within the past almost almost a year ago, exactly. We were in Armenia. Our lodge, Yeprad Talij, uh, is sponsoring the reconstruction of a kindergarten in the village of Dech. And we actually had the opportunity to go through the village as we were traveling and to see the building that was going to be renovated and it's right on the border of um, Armenia and Azerbaijan. And to stand there and look at the building and to see the, the bullet holes that were chipped out when the building came under fire, it, it, it moves you when you see that. And we're going to help reconstruct that building. So all of the projects, hundreds of projects that we have going in Armenia, I, I think you know those two things, the local and the work that we do in Armenia is, is very impressive. Do you remember your first trip to Armenia? Oh, gosh, yes. Uh, first time I went was in 1988. It was um, before independence. So I've had the opportunity to see it in, in both ways. Before the earthquake? Was it before December it was 7th? Right, it was right before the earthquake, just a few months before. It was when they were holding the large demonstrations at the Opera House uh, for Karabakh. I was I got to be there in the middle of all that and, and see it all. So I, I got to see it there. And now recently, just a year ago, was my third trip back. You can see the changes. Indeed. I know that my, my own parents, they go every single year. They've been going every year since 1972. And, you know, here it is, uh, what, 47 years later. And it's a very different Armenia, even different. I'm sure you'll agree, sir, that than the Armenia of even 10 or 15 years ago. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, just the changes we saw, just the changes we saw last May from when I went in the time before that was 90, 1995. Mm -hmm. It was just incredible. Yeah. Do you feel that it is important for members if they have the opportunity and, and of course, finances and all of that? 
play a part here, but if they have an opportunity for members, knights and daughters, to go to Armenia and actually see firsthand the projects that not only their lodges may be involved in, but others as well, it's really, it's it's a game changer when you go over there. I remember my first trip in 2011, and I was not there with the Knights of Varta, and I hadn't become a member yet, but the visit to that country was unlike anything I could have imagined, and it was very different than what I did imagine. Do you think it's important that people, if they can, go there and see that? Oh, absolutely. Just stepping foot in Armenia is is an, is the emotional tie that we have to our country. But to actually go there, visit the historical places, and see the people, if ever, hopefully everybody would get the chance to go do that. If, if they have the time, the means, uh, it, it, it is important. In Fresno, you have the Yeprad Talij number nine and the Alitotyak number eight. You are both involved in the planning of the Grand Convocation of 2019. And uh, I remember a couple of people actually asked me, they said, you know, why is Fresno hosting this if it's in Las Vegas? How did this all come about? Well, so in 2013, uh, Yeprod Lodge and Ali decided that we would put the convocation on in Las Vegas. Uh, we were at the time trying to, you know, usually, you know, a lodge puts the convocation on in their own city. And we were trying to extend uh, the reach of the convocation a little bit by giving some our members something different. We've all attended, a lot of us attend conferences and other conventions that are held in Las Vegas. A lot of the people don't live in Las Vegas, but Las Vegas is built to be able to host conventions. So we said, you know, why not hold it in someplace different? Maybe it'll be a different attraction. For a lot of our members, the convocation is the summer vacation. So, you know, why not try something different? So in 2013, we decided to do the convocation in Las Vegas. It was very successful. We were very happy with it. There was an opening and and a need for a convocation venue coming up for 2019. And so a few years back, we were approached to maybe consider doing something again in Vegas. And so we decided to do it, but with a slightly different twist this time. And that is that we would kind of spearhead it, but we have help coming from lodges all over the country. Uh, So this is really not just the Uprod Lodge and all these Ochag putting it on, but it is other lodges and Ochags from around the country. We have our meetings every couple of weeks. They're done on Zoom. So we have people conferencing in from Chicago, from Washington, D.C., from San Diego, from all over the country. Members of our committee who are in these other areas helping on the 2019 convocation. So it's really kind of a joint effort. And we did that on purpose to try to show to other lodges that, you know, you can do this with a group of people who are not in the same locality. We've also been thinking about, you know, where else might we go for a convocation that might be something different, that might be an attraction to our members who say, I can go to the convocation and make it a vacation also for my family. So that's kind of how the, the second time in Las Vegas came about. So I did mention there is a lodge in Las Vegas. It is a fairly new lodge, though. So they have, they were formed. They've been kind of working through some things. They've been kind of reformed again this year, brand new. They took a new name. They were Artsakh Talij. Now they are Erebuni Talij. So they're new and we'll have some of them coming to our convocation so they can kind of see, you know, what we're doing to put this on. 
you know, that's how that's how Las Vegas came about in, in 2019. You're only days away from the start of the Grand Convocation. And so I know that the uh, the last minute organizational plans are in very high gear. When did things really start to get into high gear in terms of putting this all together? I mean, has this been a constant long term process or did things really begin to happen after last year's convocation in Dearborn? And by the way, you folks are going to have uh, your work cut out for you because as Gloria Kerkorian and her convocation committee did a really outstanding job uh, putting that one together. But so when did things really kick into high gear? We had a lot of fun in Detroit last year. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Me too. So, yeah, you are you are right. Oh, I would say that this started even before last year's convocation because to to set things up with the hotel, you really need to start a couple of years in advance. We had experience working with Harris Hotel uh, from 2013. We had all the previous contracts and agreements we had made. So when we approached them again, we want to do that early because we want to lock the hotel in. We need to work through all the agreements. Uh, there's a lot of work that needs to be done with the hotel because we have very specific needs in setting up our, our meeting rooms and stuff. So we want to make sure this is everything's in writing ahead of time. We've learned working with hotels, you put it in writing and you get it into the contract and then you will get it. You come back afterwards and say, oh, by the way, we think we need this. Well, guess what? Mm-hmm. It's going to cost you. Oh, of course. So our general chairman, Mark Dermatoyan, often spotted by Mark Dermatoyan, has been working on, worked on our convocation uh, last time in Vegas. He was very experienced in working with them. So we were able to, a couple of years in advance, lock the hotel in, get our rates set, get our everything that our, that our needs that, that we knew we, we needed, get them everything set, written into the contract. And then it kind of goes into a lull. And it really doesn't start picking up until probably, I would say maybe right about the first of the year this year, we started our general meetings, started setting up things, working on pricing, working on menus, working on on all of the details of the convocation. And that kind of just keeps ramping up through the year. You know, maybe we met once in January, maybe once in February, and then all of a sudden you start to get the march and you're meeting two times and three times a month and four times a month. And then you live, eat and breathe it for the last couple of weeks. Is that right? Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> Emails start flying in. The phone calls are coming in. Of course. Uh, so it's uh, it's yeah, it's pretty hectic right now. I think it's fair. You could separate a convocation really into two a grand convocation into two categories. You have the business part of it, and then you have the social part. Talk a little bit about what people who are attending will experience there from both a business and a social point of view. There'll be quite a bit to do in those few days in Las Vegas. Well, absolutely. We've got, we do have the scheduled events, but I have to say that in my opinion, the biggest social event is just seeing my brothers and our sisters from around the country that maybe we haven't seen for a year. I've got friends that sometimes I see once a year at convocation and we've been going for years and years and years. Uh, And it's just, I tell you, that's probably the highlight is that brotherly sisterly connection uh, that we make. It's just it's standing in the lobby and talking or going out to dinner or something casually. That's probably one of my highlights. We have the organized events. So on Thursday night, we will have an Avak Spadabit, Avak Dittery reception. It's from 5 to 7 p.m. It's a light reception. So people, as they're coming into the convocation, can kind of come down, get a chance to see everybody, 
it's not a full dinner, but it's just a chance for everybody to gather together and see who's there on um, on Thursday night. Mm-hmm. Friday night is our Kef night. The Richard Hagopian band will be there. There's no program. We've got dinner and we've got dancing. And that's what we're going to do. <laughs> and plenty of so, dancing. Plenty of dancing. Oh, yeah. Uh, to, to Richard and the band. So that, uh, that we're looking forward to. I can tell you right now, I've already got, we're, we're almost at 270 people for that event. So it's, it's looking really good. Terrific. Um, that's going to be a lot of fun. Saturday night is our main banquet. So we'll have the, the, the outgoing Avak Tivan, incoming Avak Tivan and the Avak Horut. They have a new incoming uh, Dirui this year. So we have the main banquet and this year everybody's promised. Oh, I'm, and it also at the main banquet, we will pre- be presenting our man and woman of the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, our man of the year is Peter Abajan. Uh, our woman of the year is uh, Adrian Krikorian, and we're very excited to have the two of them uh, attending our our banquet. So, in honor of them and in honor of the the incoming Avak uh, Spotted and Avak Didui, everybody's promised that the speech is going to be kept short this year. Hopefully, have a, a nice dinner and a short program, to, so everybody can get out and go and enjoy Vegas a little bit more. Of course, but this is the opportunity where. Decisions are made that will affect the entire organization, both the Knights and the Daughters, in the coming year. And so it's uh, it's really a chance for people who are attending to see in a way that they don't see even in their local lodges. It's really a good give and take. Oh, absolutely. So the, the, the Grand Lodge is the our ultimate authority for our brotherhood. So this is where the major decisions are made. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've kind of set the pace for the, the Knights of Vartan uh, through the year. So it is important that our members attend. It is a different look than our local lodges where it's just the, the people that you know because you're sitting there with people you may not know. So we do have a lot of uh, a lot of give and take, a lot of discussion goes on. Not everybody agrees on everything, but you know we all walk out together as brothers arm in arm uh, when the decisions are made. Um, so it, it, it is good and it is, it's an opportunity if no one has ever attended or if our members haven't attended the Grand Lodge, it really is an, a, a good opportunity to, to see what happens on the national level. We're talking with Nakin Spotted Steve Adams from the Yeprat Talij number nine, and uh, they, along with the Ali Totiak number eight, will be the hosts for Grand Convocation 2019, which will be at uh, Harris Resort and Casino in Las Vegas. It is coming up very, very soon. And and of course, all the planners are uh, very busy at work doing, taking care of those last minute details. And uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. We will also, just to let you know, uh, we will have uh, extensive coverage from the convocation. We'll have interviews with uh, both the leadership as well as the members from across the country. So we hope to be able to bring you the flavor of the convocation as best we can in the weeks ahead. Before I let you go, knocking spot a bit, when you talk to uh, members from across the country, do you ever notice that there are misconceptions that either members themselves or those who are not members, non-members, have about the mission and the role of the Knights of Vartan? Sometimes. <laughs> you know, sometimes people often look at organizations through their eyes and people are different so they see things differently too so some people can look at our brotherhood and say well we're a philanthropic organization we raise money for organizations some people can look at it and say well no we're a social organization 
And it just depends on the eyes that are looking because people see things differently. But really, we are all of those things. But ultimately, we're a brotherhood, meaning we're, we're brothers, which implies a, a family tie. We have goals. We have ideas. And even though we maybe get into a meeting and we disagree with how we're going to do something, when we walk out, we all try to agree together. This is what we're going to do. So, yes, some people do see things a little bit differently, but I think that just makes up the character of, of, a, of a larger brotherhood. Nothing wrong with dialogue. Yeah. I'm going to start a question. I'd like you to finish it for me, and, and I, I know that you can. We would like you to join the Knights or the Daughters of Vartan. If you are the kind of person who wants to, what? If you're the kind of person that, number one, likes to belong to an organization and really has that feeling and calling to help the Armenian cause, our heritage, uh, the traditions, uh, if you feel that in your heart and you are an, an organization type person, I think you would be a right member for the Knights of Artan. And, and I say that because everybody's an organization person, and I, and I realize that. Um, we have lots of good people that I know, but they're not organization people. They, they sometimes just work on their own. They'll go do something. They're, they're not going to go to meetings and don't ask me to do that. So they're good people. They're just not into an organization type structure. So I caution new members and as we approach members, you know, make sure that they understand that, you know, we, we are a brotherhood. And the only way, reason, way we make that connection is by seeing you at the meeting so I can shake your hands and say hello. So we're looking for that type of person who has that calling and that feeling of the Armenian spirit who would like to belong to a larger organization to do that kind of work. So I think that's what we need to look for. You talk about the opportunity presenting itself at, at our convocation where you see fellow knights and daughters, for that matter, from across the country. You may only see them once a year, but you use the word brotherhood. I would even take it one step further in some ways, which is that we are all one very large family that are all coming together for a common cause, the betterment of our Armenian community, both here in the United States and, of course, in Armenia. Last year, I was the official photographer for the Grand Convocation, and so I had a chance to meet people of all ages, uh, from their 20s to their 90s, and uh, even though they were all from different parts of the country and they had been in the organizations for various lengths of time, they all had that one thing in common. You know, we're all here together, we're all here to help, we're all here to serve. We're not looking for the accolades. We are looking for a way to make things better. That's why I joined, and I'm very glad that I did. I mean, I'm a third-generation knight. Yeah, we have – I have uh, – my family's got three generations. My father belongs, I belong, and my son belongs. He's 28 years old. So I, I think we all felt that connection. I mean, we were all raised together, so – you know, we all understand that. But I, I think that the, that concept of brotherhood and being one family, when you talk about brothers, that means you have a common family because you're brothers. And that family is what ties us to the Armenian causes, the traditions, uh, the heritage that we've inherited. We, we all have that in common. And that's what we're working for. Sometimes we have different ways of getting there and we have different opinions of how we should get there. And that's OK. You know, we, that's where we discuss things. Uh, and, and do come to an agreement, you know, on, on what's the best way to do something. 
Uh, and that's what happens at the Grand Lodge. So we look forward to seeing everybody there so we can discuss and talk about these things. And there will be lots to talk about, too, because it's an important time uh, for Armenians around the world. And uh, the Knights and Daughters of Vartan are doing a lot to uh, make it as productive and as positive and as uh forward-moving a time as possible. Knocking spot, I bet Stephen Adams, it's been a pleasure to talk to you, and I look forward to meeting you in Las Vegas at the Grand Convocation of 2019. And uh, safe travels to you, sir, and uh, we'll see you soon. Thank you very much. Uh, it's been a pleasure talking to you. I have to commend you, David, for your work on the podcast. This is uh, it's a great medium. We read things in print, but uh, to hear it sometimes... Uh, maybe even in the future see it uh, it's just uh, helps get our message out there a little bit better so I do look forward to, to seeing you uh, in Vegas and, and all of our brothers and sisters my very special thanks to Nachkin Spadabed or perhaps by the time you hear this podcast Avak Spadabed Stephen Adams who took time out from his very busy schedule which includes helping to plan a convocation to talk to all of us through the Talking Vartan podcast We'll hear more from Mr. Adams at the Grand Convocation in Las Vegas in an upcoming program. And it was a pleasure to talk to him. I'll be reporting from the Grand Convocation in Las Vegas, and I'll have highlights of some of the speeches by the new leaders of the Knights and Daughters of Vartan. Plus, I'll be speaking with Ospeds and Daughters from across the United States, perhaps even with you, which would be great. If you are attending the Grand Convocation, please come up and say hello. I would love to meet you and find out what is happening in your Talijan Otyag and why attending this convocation was so important to you. I'll be easy to spot. Just look for the man with a microphone in his hand and a Nikon around his shoulder. Finally, while this year's Grand Convocation is a time when new leaders are elected and acknowledged, it is also a time when departing leaders are honored and thanked for their service as Grand Commanders. This year, we will be honoring soon-to-be Nachkin Avak Sparabed, Dr. Gary Zamanigian, and soon-to-be Nachkin Avak Didui, Diana Tukmanian. Luckily for all of us, they're not going anywhere, as both will continue to be active members of the Knights and Daughters of Vartan. I would personally like to thank both of them for their kindness to me, beginning in the months after I became an Asped in 2017, and especially at last year's Grand Convocation in Dearborn, Michigan. For complete pictorial and print coverage of this year's Grand Convocation, as always, check out the Knights and Daughters of Vartan Facebook page and, of course, the Avaride, both produced and maintained by our fine communications liaison in Armenia, Kohar Palyan, who also manages the Knights and Daughters of Vartan website at kofv.org and whom you'll have an opportunity to meet at this year's Grand Convocation. That will do it for this edition of the Talking Vartan Podcast. As always, I welcome your comments, questions, and topic suggestions for future programs. You can always reach me through the Talking Vartan Facebook page or via email at talkingvartanpodcast at gmail.com. I'll say that one more time. Talkingvartanpodcast at gmail.com. Special thanks, as always, to Mal Barsamian for our theme music, Lorki Lorki, from his album, One Take, Armenian Dance Songs. Talking Vartan, the Knights and Daughters of Vartan podcast, is the exclusive property of the Knights and Daughters of Vartan and Asped David Medzorian. Any use of this program without the expressed written permission of both parties is prohibited. I'm Asped David Medzorian of Aradat Talij No. 1 in Boston. 
Sedia Sution, and see you in Las Vegas.